guys. Beer. Sports. Join Sean and Brad as they talk about sports and share a beer. From the east coast of Canada to the Yo, west up, coast of hey, uh, the United Sean and Brad, States. Over to you, Back boys. again here to talk to you. It is Halloween weekend. Uh, it's you know, it's interesting. I just kind of put this together. Uh, it's one of the only holidays that you and I share being in different countries. So happy. It's true, uh, right? Happy Halloween. <laughs> Christmas, New Year's, and uh, this. And then our crazy Canadian ones and your crazy American ones, and somehow yeah, they just like, don't yeah. line up, but they're kind of all the same, you know. Like Independence Days are four days apart, and so it's a super long weekend if you're <laughs> on the coast. But. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I wore. Uh, I'm dressed up today because it's Halloween. I, I love it. I'm a CFL so this fan. is. So you're a CFL fan. That's what you are for Halloween. Yeah, for Halloween, I'm a CFL fan. And you kind of look like you know what you look like the typical CFL fan because they're going to wear their team shirt and an NFL hat on top. I, <laughs> I didn't even know that's. Just, I feel like that was the move. <laughs> well, I'm wearing. I'm wearing. If you can see the uh, eternal Jim Brown jersey here from Cleveland Browns, so uh, uh, had to do it. Browns jersey, I will not make fun of. So you're off the hook for the week. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know what your hat is. Though. It looks like a chess hat or something. But we can no, play. man. So this is this is the only hat color that I had that matched my browns. Browns a hard color to match with. Okay, yeah, you gotta match it with other brown or green. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. So uh, this is uh, from the time that I went up on the CN Tower with my wife, oh. and uh, yeah. So it's in. Oh, and you got a tour. It's a tour of the CN Tower. That's what that is. Well, no, that's Great. French. Uh, La Tour CN is actually what does it mean? the CN Tower. Okay. <laughs> yeah, literally that's what that's what it means tourist tower yeah it's like yeah, yeah. Oh, See, i, I didn't show you the oh, la la yeah, i saw the la and i was like yeah. well it doesn't mean la tour no. <laughs> i thought it meant the tour of canada to be honest with you and i was like man that is some silly shit if that's what that says but. <laughs> hey having said that though um so speaking about french and everything right yeah. uh one of our fans sent me a care package so he wanted me to do two beers over two weeks but unfortunately uh first off thank you so much uh, i just wanted to say that secondly i butchered... when i got the package i was thursday so we can't do two beers in two yeah. weeks, we'll do... <laughs> we're gonna do this one here though <laughs> so this one is called nebu oh and it's a cream ale the cream ale, the corgi. So what I love about this beer company is all their beers are named after dogs. Interesting. So it's interesting for sure. It's a, it's a cream ale. It's a nice ale. It's actually very light. So the other one that I drank was from La Grimoire out in Chambly. So La Grimoire is uh, une brasserie, which is a brewery in French. Yeah. And fancy. yes, and they had a beer called Le Noisseur, which means the darkness. La Noisseur. French just sounds everything. It just sounds so cool, right? La Noisseur. <laughs> and it was it was a chocolate stout. That is creepy. <laughs> <laughs> it was a chocolate stout, and one of the best chocolate stouts I ever had. So thank you so much for those beers. Quebec. Yes. I love it. Thank Quebec you. is doing some good beer. Yeah. I am uh I am almost back on the wagon, so that's good. But uh today would be coffee in my cup. Uh, shout out to my hometown friends. 
great coffee. That is the great best coffee. coffee. It really is. Yeah, I remember Whippy Coffee, and you had to get it. Because remember, Starbucks was just down the road, too. You can go yeah. ahead because you're in Washington. But I, that's one thing you love about Washington is, like, there was little tiny whatever things just with people, yeah. just baristas that are working there making coffees. There was coffee coffees. shops on every corner in every town. And it's weird to me when I go places and there's not. So uh, the rest of the world should just get your stuff together and start getting together. This is how it goes. So the the thing that always, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going off topic here, but it's just funny because to me, it was like uh, every time that I would sit there and, 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 and go like with other Canadians, because here in Canada, the big coffee is of course, Tim Hortons. Right. But after living in Whitby and like coffee town, right. Uh, in Seattle area, Washington area, you start discovering like what real coffee is, you know, <laughs> like real Listen, coffee. I, when I find myself in Canada, I'm, I'm going to find a Timmy's and I'm going to get a double double, but it's it's not home. It, it's know? not home. It's not. I mean, you know, a double double has this place where it's supposed to be. Yeah. The same thing with Dunkin' Donuts. It's got its place, you know, like I, I like Dunkin' Donuts when I'm in Massachusetts as well. But uh, there's something to be said about Washington coffee. You could hate Washington. But that coffee, you Man, got us all. I uh, uh, I was in Nebraska probably, I don't know how long ago now. It's probably been eight or so years ago. And uh, I really needed coffee. I'm like, you know, I'm on my buddy's. I was back there for a wedding. And so we get up and I was like, I got to get some coffee. And so we jumped in the car and went and went to Dunkin' Donuts to get coffee. And I was so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Why were you disappointed? Tell me. The, the like the it just was gross like it yeah. just, like, <laughs> so my wife I finally found something I liked because I was there for a couple of days and like yeah. but that was like the only place to get coffee was you know Dunkin Donuts and like I so I had to go back there because I needed the coffee because you know was, that's my vice right now yeah and always and um and so we finally got it figured out but then you know it's also funny to me uh, my oldest daughter lives in. Uh, Holcomb, Kansas, uh, which is, uh, you know, an hour from Colorado and an hour from Oklahoma, if you want to do the math of where yeah. it falls in Kansas, right? And so um, there's this, the big town there is called Garden City and the only coffee spot. Well, they have a better coffee spot now. I should say the only one. But until last year, the only place to get coffee was at a Starbucks and a Target. And so it was tough. Wow. But we pulled through and figured it out and now i've got a real coffee stand and it's you know it's pretty good i forget what it's called it's called jitters or you know some other name something like that yeah so my wife would always complain every time we went to tim hortons that it, i i would find it too is that sometimes you get that double double because i'll i'll get my west coast dark coffee if it's starbucks that's great if not then whatever i i would get that drink it and uh, be enjoying life because it was a good coffee. But sometimes you don't have the time. So you go to Timmy's, you go pick it up. And it does. It does. Like she'll always say this. It's like it tastes like somebody smoked a cigarette, blew it into the filter. <laughs> it just, you know, so you're just tasting like dirty cigarettes or something. Uh, you know, that's the rumor, right? Because you know why people are so crazy about Timmy's? It's mm. because they have nicotine in their coffee. You know, I've heard that too. There's, yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying it's too. true. I'm just saying there's some real big Timmy fans out there that have to have it. <laughs> like some people have to have cigarettes. I'm just saying it's not, I don't know if it's the same. It's just similar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
you know, it's it's funny. We've talked a lot about coffee here, <laughs> but it's a necessity. Uh, I mean, that's just, you know, uh, as I've been having like whatever medical stuff I had, I haven't been able to drink on these pills that I've been on. Um, and so, you know, coffee's just been the staple. But I did, Sean, get uh, back on the wagon last night. And so I had a buddy come by and I've been off my drugs for a couple of days. And so I thought I could have a beer and uh, he brought me something that was a 9.4. And so let me tell you, my tolerance is not where it uh, has been. I was loose off of a beer, but I enjoyed it and it went well. So uh, if all things hold in uh, next episode, I'm back to it. So I got something to bring out. I'm excited to share it with you. And um, so fingers crossed. Sounds excellent. But until then, cheers. I love it. Yeah. So this is episode 14, and we're going to be talking about players, athletes, athletes. I like athletes, athletes that have stayed beyond their expiration date. Yeah. And why we love them, right? We're and why the, we... ghost, the ghost of athletic past, maybe. Maybe that's I like that. Yeah. The ghost of athletic past. Yeah. That funky, and, uh, that funky smell that happens when it's just like mm, you 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 stay just a little too long. <laughs> have you ever uh have you ever put a shirt on that you liked and like you found it like maybe in a bag and like it wasn't dirty, stinky, but like it had been like it hadn't seen air for a while. You thought you could get by, and then like an hour later, you were like, man, I need to wash this shirt before I wear it again. Yeah. <laughs> That's what this feels like. And, and, you know, and when we, you know, started talking about this earlier this week, it was Anderson Silva was the guy, right? That's that, right. That's what brought this whole thing around because Anderson Silva, I'll always watch Anderson Silva fights. I think he gets his ass whipped tonight, but um, I was still going to watch because like, he's a guy that I rooted for and he was like a favorite t-shirt almost. Right. And then I left it in the backpack for a while and then now we're bringing him out and um, maybe we should have washed it before we wore it. But uh, <laughs> you know, and for me, it's Anderson Silva. Uh, you know, he's one of the great fighters. Gary Payton's another one for me. I remember, you know, watching Gary Payton in Seattle in his prime, you know, mm-hmm. and all of his trash talking is being the glove, all those things, um, you know, and then watching as he went to LA and then he went to Miami and being happy for him winning a ring in Miami. Uh, I remember uh, watching one of the games of the finals in Miami and he hit a shot and I thought if they win, at least he can say he participated. <laughs> like at least he was in the stat sheet, not as a DMP, um, you know, not a Udonis Haslam. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I remember when Gary Payton went to the Lakers and, it that was when you know Shaq was there and everybody was there. Kobe was there. Yeah. Everybody was expecting that was to be the championship. But I think that Our was the year. Dirty yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. And that was that was the year that they still lost to Detroit, right? The Pistons. Yeah. So thankfully, yeah, yeah. And Peyton was kind of as shell bad, of us. Yeah, as, as uh, I wanted Gary to win a ring, I did not want Carmelo to win a ring. So I was glad to see that work out. Uh, another one for me is also from a song is Sean Kemp, right? And he's been in the news uh, here, at least locally, starting his own dispensary and, you know, I guess naming weed after some of his former teammates, which I think is fantastic. But, uh, you know, just, just like for me, you know, I would drive by 75 dispensaries probably between here and his, you know, but I'd gladly do it just because it's Sean Kemp. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. That's, that's the guy, right? And I mean, 
you know, I mean, even in some ways, I guess it's kind of like the, your Jim Brown jersey. Like Jim Brown is like that guy too, <laughs> or even, you know, I think um, I see other uh, former players walk out on the field, and I think, man, like you are a shell of yourself. Like that's really mm-hmm. unfortunate. But you see Jim Brown, and you're like, oh, thank thank God, Jim Brown's still here. Yes, yes. Well, you think about it with Earl uh, Earl Campbell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we t- we we mentioned this in the podcast. Just watching him come out there, and uh, he played after after uh, the great Jim Brown played, and and look at the damage that was done to Earl. And yeah, and here's Jim Brown. He's like an older gentleman, and he's still walking down there. Like you know, I'm walking down there. I'm like, he still looks great. Oh my goodness, I forgot to mention. By the way, uh, one of my heroes died. Uh, Sean Connery. Yeah, died today. Your name's name. Yeah, actually, yeah. Truthful, I mean, truth be told, that's what my wife, uh, my wife, my mom ended up Your naming wife. me. Yeah, my wife, you. <laughs> like, uh, I know we're supposed to change names when we get married. Uh, your name is going to be Sean. <laughs> no, my mom, my mom ended up uh, naming me after Sean Connery, and uh, man, I got a story to tell about this. Uh, I do, yeah. So um, back I'll in try to not be snarky. Better not be what? I said I'll try to not be snarky. Okay, well you're gonna be because it's just the way it is. But uh, in ninety three, no ninety four, ninety four, um, there was this uh, girl from Scotland that came over to this church that we were at in Toronto, and uh, I wanted to go visit her and everything. Of course, you know, stupid idea, but still, I got to see Scotland. So the girl. <laughs> The girl didn't pan out. Uh, so here I am staying at this hostel, and I was asking the guy I was running the hostel, what's there fun to do in Glasgow? He told me, he's like, listen, Sean Connery owns a pub just down the street. And if you go there at certain times, he actually shows up some days. Well, it just so happened that that was the week that he was going to be there. So you knew it because it was all sorts of line, like a huge lineup to get into this pub. So I'm just like, I'll, I'll I'll do it. You know, I'll stand here because I, I want to meet the man. Uh, I'm named after him. I thought he was the greatest bond of that moment. So it was like, yeah, this is good. Well, hold be- on. You know, you wait, wait at that moment. Yeah. Because, said, because you changed your mind. I still think he's one of the greatest. I think that Daniel Craig is a strong number two. So. I got to go. Like, I can't. Do <laughs> Daniel Craig's a strong number two, strong number two. I'll give you that. Yeah, but he's a strong number two. John Sean Connery is still number one. Sean Connery is the James Bond. He is. He is Bond. Let's not, even, let's not even talk about at that time he was. You're like, right. You're right. Is. Wrong choice of words. This is not a Michael Jordan, LeBron James, the greatest yeah. player of all time conversation. You're absolutely correct. You know what? I correct myself. And it was a waiting to go they, in there. He just popped in the door and she was like, hey, uh, Sean Connery died this morning. I walked in and... Um, and so uh, waiting, and of course, all these things are going through my head. Like, um, man, I loved you in The Untouchables. You were amazing. You're the greatest Bond ever. Uh, really love your movies. I finally get up to see the man. Uh, my eyes are so wide, and I'm 20-something at this point here. It's 22. I don't know what I'm about to say. And the only thing that come out of my mouth, Brad, the only thing, waited in line for an hour. Only thing that come out of my mouth is my name's Sean too. 
and I'll never forget this. He's shaking my hand and he goes, that's nice, lad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Did you have to tell him like it's spelled the same way or like? No, because that was it. That was all that came out that I felt like he just thinks I'm a complete weirdo. So I'm just going to walk over here now. While you're shaking hands, you're like, yeah, thanks. My name's Sean, too. (laughs) That's that's, that's nice, lad. That's nice. Yeah, greatest uh, greatest Bond of all time, and uh, also the greatest uh, reoccurring uh, caricature on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Absolutely, it's almost like we just lost a national. Well, Britain, Scotland, I guess, lost a national treasure. I think we lost a world treasure. I think that's for yeah. sure. You know, and it's. I'm always. I feel so terrible to say this out loud, uh, but I'm going to anyway. It's always so wild to me to watch people say, oh, no, he died. Like, gone too soon. I'm like, yeah. but he was 90. Like, man, he, like, he did it. You know what I mean? Like, it's, this isn't, you know. No, no, exactly. Way even at 40 or 50, like 90. 90. 90. Like, we it's will all be good life. 90. Yeah, it's a good life, and everyone does. And everyone grieves differently, right? And yeah, but I've always, and that's not just the Sean Connery thing. I feel that way about everybody, right? Whenever somebody older passes away, and they're like, "Oh, they were so like, you know, so shocking." Like he was ninety. (laughs) (laughs) He had a good life. Shocking if he died in a car crash at ninety. Like it's not shocking that he passed away. It's sad. Like we all, you know, sad. But we should be grateful that he was here, that he had some influence on us. Like that's so you know, speaking about that, it's like, you know, I'm sure that there's some people that have no idea who Sean Connery is. Like younger really? generation. Younger generation. Oh, yeah. yeah what do you think? Yeah. What do you think that number? And then I will say this. If there is a, if there is such a generation, shame on those people's parents. Right, right. But I'm saying I would say 70. Like, I don't think my son knows. And I know I showed him. I know I showed him. I know I showed him. But he wouldn't know his name. Got it. But if you were to you were to say first James Bond, he'd probably go, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, he wouldn't know his name, but yeah. Um, but it's that's the way I feel too about some of these athletes, like Anderson Silva fighting tonight, where it's like these young kids that are looking at UFC for the first time, you know, and then they're like, Well, he's fighting on this free card, Anderson Silva. They have no idea what this man did. No idea. No idea that he dominated. It's like your favorite man, Rush, right? Like this, no one cares. Yeah. Except for what? How dare you? How dare you? Yes. Rush in there. Oh man, that's the holy trinity of all of rock. All right. Just as long as you understand that. I don't know. Yeah. Oh my god. I watched. uh, I watched Metallica uh, and the San Francisco Symphony uh, do their twentieth anniversary this week. So. That's yeah, for me that's the that's the pinnacle. But Metallica, yeah, maybe twentieth anniversary. Aren't they like forty? They gotta be twentieth no, anniversary of them uh, uh, collaborating with the San Francisco. Oh, Center. I got it. Okay, twentieth anniversary. Yeah. They were yeah, yeah. 
they were uh they were singing to our mothers back in the day like i know so. yeah yeah <laughs> so i mean have i told you my my metallica uh my like the funniest thing for metallica for me no or, like when i realized like how old their demographic was um i'm in denver and it's like 2003 ish maybe yeah uh and we're there for the summer sanitarium uh concert and uh is that daisy is that your dog's name yeah sorry i said hello yeah and uh and so summer sanitarium concert in denver right in vesco field or mile ice whatever it was at that point and it's like uh it's mud vein and lincoln park and limp biscuit and metallica's the headliner you know so we're there and we're up front and we're you know getting after it and it's packed like it's like the coolest uh concert series that i ever have been to and so um uh, me and my buddy his also name is brad we're there so the two brads are up front and our wives uh this happened to both be pregnant it was my first wife and uh they were in the you know off the side because they're good wives and they you know went to the concert with us even though they're pregnant and you know we're up front just rocking out and like you can say you want to say about Limp Biscuit live show. It was fantastic. Fred Durst is this performer. Lincoln Park, one of my favorite bands. That is the douchiest thing I think you've ever said, Brad. The douchiest thing I've ever said. Yeah, <laughs> I feel dirty that I said it. In like, <laughs> like the douchiest moment of the whole thing is like at one point, like Fred Durst is like crowd surfing, and then he ends up in the beer garden, and like he jumps off of the crowd, like he's high, you know. He's probably high, but he's also up above everybody. So he gets on a porta potty, and then he's like singing one of like you know Rolling or whatever one of their <laughs> songs is. But it was a good show. He was singing it from the top of a porta potty, which I thought was fitting. Anyway, um, so we're watching Lincoln Park, and like it's packed, like it's unbelievable. Like we're on the field, and it's like packed, and the entire bowl of the stadium is packed, and like you can't, like it's you know a hundred thousand people strong in this concert. It's amazing. And, you know, in between shows, you know, the setup is, you know, like 45 minutes to an hour, right? Yeah. And uh, I thought that it was busy at the Lincoln Park part of the concert. They, they were, they opened, they were like the last band right for Metallica. So we're up front still, and we're hanging out. And then I turn around uh, as Hetfield comes out, and there is more people there than there was just for Lincoln Park. But they are all like my age now, like 40 plus, like all these older shouldn't say older because that's how old I am now, but like all these women in their forties, you know, all the short women, the dudes. Like, and I know those guys' backs had to be killing them because, like, they're like yeah. now, like you know, imagine having your wife on your shoulders at a concert right now. Like, it just feels like a terrible idea on all accounts, and not because you know. I got you. I got you. No, I, we're talking about our own backs. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. We get all that world on my shoulders at a concert right now. Yeah. Like this isn't, you know, it's not wife specific. Does anybody yeah. on my shoulders at a concert right now feels like a terrible idea? Yeah. But that's what it was. It was all like, you know, and I was just like, man, these guys like are it for these people that are here right now. Like those people didn't give a shit about the other bands. They were just out pre-funking in the parking lot. And as soon like I could just imagine like some old man ran out there and like Metallica's coming on, Metallica. Like, all just like flooded in. <laughs> mm. That's how I'd be now. So. Well, Metallica just gets at it, eh? It's like yeah, you just you just want to listen to them. 
it's it's unbelievable and live they're just on like unparalleled live i think they're just yeah i went to a show for metallica in 96 out in memphis tennessee i was working for fedex at the time and uh it was during the load tour mm-hmm. when the album came out and so metallica of course had all those problems like uh Cliff Burton dying and the Master of Puppets tour um, in that bus. Uh, uh, the Statue of Justice falling on Lars Ulrich in the middle of the concert, almost killing him. It's and, 90, uh, 96 is like Napster world too, yeah. That's it, yeah. And then, of course, the pot flashes that happened in Montreal that blew up in front of James Hetfield and burnt him, right? So that's three major things during the concert. And here we are in Memphis and uh watching metallica so we flew in off the of fedex planes right and memphis is the main hub for fedex yeah. just so happened metallica was playing there so we took the you know the tour of graceland and then of course going into the show uh it's at the 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 pyramid that's there in memphis i don't know if you've ever been to memphis but it was in that pyramid shaped thing and so we're in there watching the show. And I remember it's like, you know, you're, you're listening to all the great tracks, like Trapped Under Ice. You're listening to Call of Cthulhu. You're listening to the Master of Puppets. It's like, oh, man, they're just putting it on. Then all of a sudden, you see, like, this light's flickering. And then it just blows up. And then the guy goes up, like, one of the stagehands goes up to fix it. Then he falls. Then stuff starts falling. Then things are blowing up. Then the whole stage starts falling. You see security come up and grab them. The house lights come on. We're all there going, what's going on? What is going on? And five minutes later, Metallica comes back out. It was all staged. It was really? just like, yeah, it was just, it was just something to like completely because of all the, the mishaps they had. There was great concert. They were fun at, uh, at their mishaps. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was interesting. I was watching, uh, I had it on the TV. Uh, my buddy Matt um, uh, had texted me and was like, "Hey, man! Like, he lives in Kansas, and he was like, hey, if, uh, if you have PBS, like, they're running it back right now, you know.'" So I pulled it up and watched it, and then he was like, "Yeah." She was like, uh, "Headfield's the only um, artist that I've ever seen that just looks like he's talking to the microphone when he's singing. There's no like, you know, you can tell he's not vocally strained at all. He's just that's who he is." Yeah. I thought that was an interesting point. And we watched, and I was like, yeah, that's, that's pretty accurate. Like, I just found that when James Hetfield started taking singing lessons, that's when Metallica's stuff started going a little off the rails for me. Gave him that terrible advice, right? Yeah. Like you were doing great. You were doing great. Just belting it out. Like want to level up by taking singing lessons. Like, yeah. Awesome. Cause that, that's what all of a sudden like, yo, ho. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that started coming yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. That's what they said about uh that's what they say about Charles Barkley. You know, Charles Barkley used to be a good golfer. Have you seen Charles okay. Barkley? Have you seen girls Charles Barkley swing now? Have you seen him have you seen those things? Well, it's atrocious. Yeah. You got this yeah. crazy hitch in it and all this other kind of so he took lessons. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> Is so that like what you're getting at? In the nineties, when they when he was, you know, in the NBA, they yeah. played a lot and everyone said he was a pretty good golfer. Yeah. You know? That's why he still enjoys to play. And then somebody in an off season, like 1993, somewhere in the Houston uh, time frame when he's playing for Houston, talked him into getting lessons. And that guy just jacked his swing up and he can't get it back. He's got. Oh. 
And that's why he still plays because he, you know what I mean? Like he enjoys it, but like he just sucks so bad. Like there's, I'll find it sent to you. There's this great article that I read uh, last week, maybe, or the week before in The Athletic about Charles Barkley's golf swing. And like, you know, everyone's like talking about how like great it is to play golf with Charles Barkley because he yeah. like sucks so bad. Like he just loses all of his money. He'll like bet you a hundred bucks. <laughs> you give him 10 strokes and you'll beat him by 20 or whatever. But like, that's the thing. They're like, man, you don't understand. Like Charles used to be a good golfer. Like he <laughs> Not like pro good, but like you know, no, but good enough, right? Yeah, good. yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> try to get better. Look what happened. Oh, when Shaq got a free throw coach, and his free throws got worse. Like as Shaq did, as unfathomable as that is. Like when he was in Orlando, he was shooting oh, high six. See, Shaquille O'Neal is one of those athletes, man, that stuck around a little too long. When he was on the Celtics, it was just like ah, uh... in Cleveland. Oh, right at the end. Yeah. It was just like, like, he had a terrible run, right? Where he went, he he was in Phoenix and then Boston. Yeah. And he did, I think, didn't he win a ring in Boston, though? No. No. That was all, that was all KG, man. That was all Kevin Garnett. Wasn't he on that, on that bench? Maybe if it happened, it happened later because I don't, I I don't recall it. I feel like he has a, he has a ring from a team that he was not like. Yeah. Because I know the Heat and of course all the Lakers ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I gotta look it up because he was he was saying something to somebody about uh, uh, about his rings, and they're like, "You didn't even get that last one." Uh, then that would be the Boston one because Cleveland didn't do nothing. Yeah, he went to Cleveland chasing that ring, right? That yeah, was, yeah. Oh no, I guess I'm lying to you. He only has four. Mm-hmm. He's got three with uh, you know, obviously the Lakers. LA. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's, 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 yeah, he's stuck, he's stuck around a little too long. It's the same thing with Brett Favre with his five retirements. It's like, yeah, well, I mean, you know, stuck around too long, we all still would watch him. And it just, he just wasn't productive. Who, Brett like, Favre? Like, Hasselback did the same thing, right? Like, yeah. Well, Hasselback, though, I mean, here's the thing you guys really thought that he was a great quarterback. Shut your dirty ass mouth. Got records in Seattle, team records, but records still. That Russell Wilson just smashed, right? Yeah, in three years or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Russell Wilson just smashed him, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to point that out. Thanks. Well, I mean, Russell's the greatest quarterback of our generation. So he's on the yeah, MVP. Absolutely. The fact that he doesn't have an MPP, MP, ah, MVP vote is atrocious, I think. Well, I think he's going to get some this year. Yeah. But you know, in true in true Seattle fashion, we'll probably like fall flat on our face, and he'll come in third or something. Man, you got Carlos Dunlap there coming over. Yeah, I called. Remember, I called it. I said that's what you going did. There. You did. Yeah. So far, uh, all my predictions have been wrong except for Tua and Carlos Dunlap. So, yeah, those were those were good ones. Those were good ones. Uh, I got to be honest with you, Brad. When I was watching that Monday night game, uh, I ended up going to bed. Was it the Monday night or was it a Sunday night game? Sunday night game that, yeah. that Seattle was playing. And uh, I went to bed because I thought they had this thing in the bag. It was 20 to 7 at the halftime. I'm like, oh, they got this thing in the bag. And, of course, when oh, I wake up. Double-digit lead is safe in Seattle. Not even with. No, Seattle. your defense is terrible. <laughs> like, absolutely terrible. Yeah. TK Metcalf running uh, down Buda Baker. Baker came out and said, because everyone's on Ken Norton because his scheme is terrible. Mm-hmm. As the lay fan that I am, that's how I feel. And uh, Bobby Wagner came out this week and said that uh, it's not scheme, it's execution and effort. And I thought, 
Well, I think one more yeah, guy rushing the quarterback. I mean, Seattle has a like I don't remember what the stat is, but like uh, they're really great inside the red zone. But the problem mm-hmm. is, is that they give up to the red zone, and then you know, there we are. And then Russell has played terrible on Sunday. Like, oh yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, uncharacteristic picks. You know that one that he threw that you know DK had that fantastic catch uh, rundown of um, Buda Baker. You know, yeah, that was beautiful. But the last one, it was a terrible throw. The last one that he threw to set up the game-winning field goal in overtime, if you go back and watch it, the receiver's not – there's like he threw it in between Tyre Lockett and, and David Moore, and neither of them are turned around looking for the ball. <laughs> and it's just – I mean, it's year eight, right, where those – like they, they yeah. we expect differently from Russell and, and from the offense, and, you know, to have that happen in that moment, like – yeah, Isaiah Simmons made a great play, but uh, it, he shouldn't have thrown that ball. Like, there's yeah. no, it's not, you know, I don't even know if he made a great play. He just was, he made, he got back there to catch it, but like that was yeah. a terrible. Yeah. It's, hey, let's uh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Let's say let's run through these games real quick and, and get there um, and see. We're getting, you know. Yeah, buddy. I like him. Uh, so I, yeah, we had we had the Falcons and the Panthers, right? Falcons and Packers happened, Panthers. and I heard is, isn't Bridgewater gone now? Bridgewater's gone for the season. Uh, I didn't, for a few games, concussion uh, protocol. He got wrecked. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so that's sad. Game was entertaining. Yeah, sure. Let's uh, let's talk about the Super Bowl for your your team, the uh, Patriots at Buffalo. How you feeling? <laughs> um, I feel better than the Patriots. I'll tell you that. This is this like when you think you can beat your dad a horse? Is this kind of how? <laughs> I feel better. I feel better that if I was a Patriots fan, um, yeah, yeah it's going to be a tough game. And I think there's a lot of things happening in that locker room with the Patriots right now. Yeah, like who's they're saying, Cam, you got to play better. Well, no duh. <laughs> you know. But uh, maybe there's a point to be made that, yeah, Bill Belichick's going to go down as one of the greatest coaches, if not the greatest coach of all time. Yeah. Uh, but how much did those two need each other, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick? Yeah, yeah. And right now, Tom Brady is just still working his magic. I don't understand. It's great. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's Yeah. I think, you know, Tommy's more important to Bill than uh, we thought, maybe, right? I, yeah. I don't want to bet against Belichick, but. I know, but here's the thing: four, is that it's a tough, it's a tough spot. So, so Tom, all right. I trust me. I'm not a Tom Brady fan. We already discussed this, uh, but yeah, can I say he's not one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time? I can't. Um, and this is proving it right now too, because there's so many people that were saying, "Oh, well, wait till he leaves Bill Belichick or whatever, you know, or he'll retire. He's nothing without Bill Belichick." Well, I think he's proving a point right now. And especially at 43, proving yeah. a point. It's like, I don't know, boys. I don't know. I don't like the man. For I don't know why. Maybe because he has everything. And I'm just like, damn you, Tom yeah. Brady. <laughs> damn you, Tom Brady. But, you know, uh, great, greatest ever. I mean, less, you have to say it. Less dislike and more jealousy for Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. 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 All right. So we got Vikings Packers. 
terrible game for the Vikings, I say. Packers looks like they're going to take that one. Yeah, I mean, Green Bay's hitting their stride, right? The receivers are pretty good uh, and kind of getting healthy. And Minnesota secondary is not. And you got to wonder about their pass rush, right, and trading away. And trading away in Gawkway? Yep. Yeah. No, and then I was reading this morning uh, on their injury report is all their corners. And so, good luck. Oh, boy. I think all the, I think they're I think too that, that maybe they have two linebackers that have tested positive for COVID that are likely yeah. to be game. So their defense is rough. Aaron Rodgers is playing hot. Uh that defense is tough. Yeah. I mean it's a rivalry game. I'm sure they're gonna show up, but yeah, well, maybe, right? I mean, Minnesota is Minnesota. It's yeah. Where they roll. Um, you know, how do you feel? I you know, I think in reading this we can do as I you know, I wouldn't even call it research because I just it's what I do anyway. Uh, is watch, read it, all the things NFL. Um, it seems like the Las Vegas Raiders are the upset pick of the week for many of these national riders over your Cleveland Browns. How do you feel about that? Uh, I mean, yeah, buddy, I I want the Browns to win, but the Raiders are a legit team. Okay, they beat Tampa. Uh, they they brought it close with Buffalo. They're they're a good team. And the Browns are in it tough, and the Browns don't have OBJ, and the Browns don't have any way to deceive with any other options. So Baker Mayfield, yeah, Baker Mayfield's going to have to play, or that running game is going to have to take over, one or the other. Yeah, I think the way they win is uh, feeding Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt, and they got Nick Chubb back. I mean, so. Keep David Carr on the bench, right? I mean, it's ball control, right? If uh, that's it. If even can ball control, then there's a game. There's a definitely game. Uh, Pittsburgh-Baltimore game of the week. Do you agree on that? For me, absolutely. That is a great matchup. I don't know why it's on the 2 o'clock window. That should be the... You're going to confuse everybody. It's the early window. I'm sorry, the early window. You're absolutely right. I'm still talking about Atlantic. (laughs) You're there going, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, thank you. you, Who has the kickoff at 2 o'clock? No one is... Us here in Halifax. (laughs) Everything's a little later. (laughs) Early, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so so I mean that I don't know why it's in the early window. That is a great game, probably the game of the week. Yeah. And I don't know. Pittsburgh remains undefeated. I don't know. So yeah. I, I was talking to a guy. Yeah. I was talking to a guy. His he was saying, and it was interesting what he was saying as far as a a whole entire uh, uh, plan of attack. It's like he goes, if I was the Steelers, I would advise my guys to hit Lamar Jackson in the head, knock him out so that you can get him on a concussion protocol. You get ejected for the one game. Oh, dirty. I know. That's like an 80s NBA philosophy. You know what I mean? It's like, I couldn't believe what it was coming out of his mouth, but it also makes sense. Yeah, I understand it. Uh, But that's, you know. It's vicious. It's vicious. Yeah. I also think that that Baltimore is going to stand by and not tee off on Roethlisberger, then. Yeah, exactly. They're not Dallas. <laughs> no. Like you, if they, if they think you intentionally go off their quarterback, they're coming after like, that's just the way that's yeah. going to work. It's almost not like Dallas. Got, yeah, it's almost like when you're sparring with two heavyweight dudes that understand how to fight, you're like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I, I told you a story before, uh, Chris Lieben used to date a girl, uh, from my hometown. And, uh, <laughs> You know, you, you fire Chris Lieben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
one time he was here and uh and she came over to one of my buddy's houses for a little house party and so you know we're all in the backyard and leaving's there my buddy steve is you know we call him little steve but he's six two and every bit of 290 just this big you know solid grown-ass man and uh <laughs> you know we may have been drinking around a bonfire and those two decided to slap box and so they were going and steve clogged the shit out of chris Liebman, and he stopped and he was like hey man you hit me like that again, I'm going to fuck you up. He <laughs> <laughs> was like, I doubt it. He's like, there's, there's no cage here, son. Like, you know, <laughs> walk your 5'10 bag aspect over there. Like, you know, Steve just went bear hugged him and just laid on him. But anyway, <laughs> but that's what it reminds me of, of like when you talk about head hunting quarterbacks and those yeah. things. You have to understand that, like, there's some real dudes on the other side of that ball going at your quarterback. Oh, yeah. Happily pay the favor if you want to get out of pocket. And, so, and it's also a rivalry as well. So it's yeah, like, it's going to be a hard hitting game already. You know yeah. what I mean? Those guys are already too up to go. That's it. Um, San Francisco, uh, Seattle is another game. Obviously I'm interested in I'm super nervous. about Yeah. It. Seattle can lose yeah. this one, man. Yep. Like and, this is a, this is a legitimate thing. It's a yeah. rivalry game. Yeah. And the Niners have been playing some pretty inspiring football lately. And we, we always play division games at home terribly. And then we went on the road. It's dumb. Like it's, Again, San Francisco and the Rams, it's both of uh, those things. So, yes, yeah, the, the cards you've been dealt. Yeah. And and for the first time, the Seahawks right now look like, okay. So, so here's the thing. They're, they're, hey, uh, uh, oh, my wife is uh, making a run to Costco because that's what matters on Saturdays in a house with a bunch of kids. And uh, so, anyway. <laughs> no problem. It's where she went. That's how it works. So, anyway, thanks for, uh, thanks for holding on there. So, yeah, Seattle looks like, uh, you know, maybe not a great version of themselves. No. Bringing back Alex Collins, who can't play this week, could be, you know, a couple weeks still. Uh, just makes my spidey sense tingle that maybe, you know, the running backs aren't where they are. You worry about Rashad Penny being on IR still after having an ACL last year, not getting ready to go uh, this late in the season. Um, you know, and really, you know, uh, Pete Carroll alluded to it in his press conference yesterday, but he's got the four stringer DJ Dallas, the rookie, uh, you know, kind of slated to take most of the carries. And so they're going to have to get a little bit creative in the backfield. Um, you know, I'll say I'm excited. I'm excited to see, you know, maybe we bring Tyler Lockett and put Tyler Lockett back there and him and Russell in the, in the passing game and the shotgun and seeing what happens, or maybe Russell throws it 55 times. Like, So here's the thing. I'm, I'm just going to say this. And you're probably going to hate me for it. And, uh, it. You, know, you might be upset with me after I say this. Right. But uh, the Seahawks, I think they have a false sense of pride right now into the season because they haven't played anybody that had a winning record yet. And the very fact that they lost to Arizona proves that. So to me, I think... Winning record. No, they haven't played anybody with any winning record yet. I mean, Arizona, they played, and they were 4-2 and two when they played. I mean, I don't know what your math is there, but for me, that's a winning record. Yeah, but you lost that game. You said played, and that's why I clarified. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The, 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 the games that you won. Sorry. They haven't sorry. defeated anyone on the winning record. I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. But it's true. Uh, yeah, I think now it's going to get tougher, and Seattle has got to get better on the defensive side. It's... It's a real thing now. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. Yeah. I'm not even upset about it. But then here's listen, here's the schedule. 49ers, 
to Buffalo, right? Which feels like a win. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rams, Cardinals, right? And that ends up being tough. And then here we go. Then we go Eagles, Giants, Jets, Redskins. How does what? <laughs> feels like four wins, Sean. That feels like four wins. What is that? What? Who gave you guys this record? This whole entire schedule. And then we go. Then we finish up with Rams, 49ers, right? And so that's the <sighs> you know that's the spot. And so you're losing. Now, you're losing to Buffalo. Sitting now at five and one. Right? <laughs> it's not a far stretch. Just feel like nine and seven is a you know an easy mark. <laughs> I'm saying. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if, we can, if we can, you know, beat you know the Rams once out of two, or beat San Francisco two, it's ten wins, and that's a successful season. So you no, you're going to have more than ten wins. I, I, I don't doubt that. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying it's an easy, like it's an easy road to nine. Yeah. So yeah. it's not far fetched for me to feel like ten or eleven is the move, and then you know, once we get in the playoffs, it's, it's whatever. Who knows exactly? Yeah, we got the we Sunday. Got- night, I think, man. I don't know if this is appropriate or not, but I think the the executives at NBC were really excited about the COVID test that the Raiders had last week because they could fix in a better game. Uh, I would, I want to say that the NBC execs would wish a COVID uh, crisis for Dallas or Philadelphia, but I bet they wouldn't turn it down. Yeah. No, this, this Sunday night game is garbage. Yeah, it's gross. Yes. Uh, why would you not have Pittsburgh and the Ravens on that slot? Uh, nobody wants to see the Cowboys and the Eagles. I guarantee you that NFC yeah. East stinks. Yeah. Like, okay, you're going to get a playoff spot. Do you deserve it? No. Not even the fan bases want to watch that game on Sunday night. No one wants to What's see that. not. Them. Like Dallas is going to be on a third string quarterback. And what? The Eagles now can solidify their playoff run. Yay. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for the look, Brad, because it's exactly what it is. It's absolute garbage. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Giants on the Monday night game. Uh, come on. Are you kidding me? That could have been early. In what world that was ever a good matchup, the Tampa-New York game. I mean, yeah. I get Dallas-Philly like looked better in, when they were making the schedule last year, but yeah. Tampa and the Giants, when was that? At, like, where's the match? Where's the drama? Where's the matchup? There isn't one. It's terrible. It's a garbage Monday night game. It is a garbage hey, one. We'll be live to talk about it before it happens. We'll talk about absolutely. It we'll be happy to talk about that game because you know what? Like as terrible as that matchup is, it's still better than watching anything else. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you the the games I'm wondering about here. So just give. Uh... Sorry, I'm a train wreck today. That's all good. No, the games I'm wondering about here, okay? The games that I am now intrigued about. Well, Chiefs, Jets, no, I'm not intrigued about that. Chiefs are running over the Jets all day. Titans, Bengals, listen, uh, Joey Burrows has been looking solid every game, and I think he could pull one out. I don't know if it will be against Titans. How far away are you from buying a Joe Burrows jersey? No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you know, I feel like it's close. I think that if that. somebody, if somebody, if somebody sent it to you, 
you would wear one. Oh, I wear it. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to go buy it, though. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> I can feel it. I can feel it. Listen, he's been he's been a good quarterback on a crappy team. So here's here's the ones that are getting to me. Okay, that I'm really starting to I'm I'm wondering about here now. Then, so um, Saints Bears, because okay, what's happening with this quarterback situation? I'm hearing stuff about going back to Mitch Trubisky. How are you going to play flip flop? How are you going to play flip flop? Listen, what Brian Greasy said about Nick Foles on football on national TV. Excuse me. That Nick Foles knows when Matt Nagy calls plays that they're not going to work before they run them. That's sad. I get that Nick Foles came out and said that was a miscommunication and not what he told him. Right. But if you're Matt Nagy, you got to wonder what Nick Foles was saying. You don't know Nick Foles. Like, yeah. Nick Foles for two months. Yeah. Yeah. Get sweaters longer than that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> You're just giving one one moment here. Yeah. So we just keep it rolling. Uh, you know, the Matt Nagy thing was a little bit crazy. Um, it wouldn't shock me to see if he goes back from Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, this is also a complication of uh, us talking prior to going live and Sean having a beer and then having another beer. And so this is what's known as the two beer uh, P. And so that's where we are. My, uh, for the record, you know, my step aways today have all been from, uh, you know, fan related things. Sean's are a bladder thing. So, you know, he's pushing, he's getting close to 50. He's in his mid late forties. So, you know, it's got that. So while I have you, let's talk about Monday night. Right, Tampa, New York, kind of a snooze. But we will be having a hot take from our buddy Reed and uh, Sean, whose teams are going to play each other. And Sean hasn't had the upper hand probably in their entire relationship. So hopefully, uh, you know, we get some good back and forth there. But we'll see how it goes. Sean's back. He's put his headphones on. So let's see what he has to say. Hey, man. Hey. What's going on? I was just, uh, <clears throat> I was just talking. <laughs> you're gonna force me to listen to this later aren't you yeah yeah you're gonna have to cut it out or you're gonna have to leave it in it's up to you <laughs> all right okay I also, right. Cut a Monday, I also cut a monday night promo so you have to decide uh you know what what's this what is this way okay okay yeah, i'll, I'll, I'll listen see if it's worth it or if you gotta cut it out so this really this really sucks i don't know what's going on i feel like everybody else knows and i'll find out here shortly yeah, after yeah, blame your bladder. Crazy, crazy. Look at you with your smirk. You're so happy. <laughs> I just like to take opportunities. That's all. <laughs> uh, you know, one thing that I'm really curious to watch is this Michael Thomas situation in New Orleans. Mm. So, you know, Michael Thomas, um, you know, hurt his ankle early. It feels like, uh, you know, he got a big contract in the offseason. And sometimes when you had the financial security, you – uh, maybe have an inflated value of yourself over the team. Mm-hmm. I don't know that for sure, but it feels like uh, that's what's going on. You know, New Orleans suspended him for a game and came out. They could they could have brushed it on the rug and said that he was still injured, right? Yeah. He came out and said, no, he could play. There was a fight this week. He's going to sit this one out. And then yeah. the next week, he has a hamstring injury, which 
I always feel like hamstrings are a bit, you know, like they're possible, but they're also the ones that linger. And I always kind of wonder about them because yeah. to me, it feels like when there seems to be some conflict with a player, the hamstrings usually the issue if they're sidelined. And we're seeing it again this week, uh, you know, Michael Thomas, there's some rumors that maybe he can be available by a trade, which is crazy when you talk about one of the top receivers in the game. Uh, I, 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 I'm surprised. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. Legit. In it's your surprising. gut, do you feel like Michael Thomas has played his last game in a Saints uniform? <sighs> do you, think, you think he gets moved before Tuesday's trade deadline? Tuesday's a big day. Tuesday's mm-hmm. a really big day. Mm-hmm. And it has nothing to do with an election. It's because it's the trade deadline. <laughs> I love that. Oh, that's good. Listen, I think the Saints would be how can I say this professionally uh, morons to trade away Michael Thomas, but they know him best, but they know him best. They do. But here's the thing. Okay. Let's say you trade him. Uh, I don't think this works out for anybody because you're not going to be the same learning a whole new scheme going somewhere else. But but he's on a deal, right? Like you've got him for four more years or three more years, whatever the the contract is. I I don't know what's going on in the locker room. So if, if you're New Orleans, Mm-hmm. Orleans, as my friends like to say. Mm-hmm. If you know Drew Brees is out after this year, mm-hmm. you've got to rebuild a little bit because Jameis Winston is not your guy, right? And Taysom Hill is as great as a player as he is in a gadget. He's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you can shed salary now, and you could have the money you would have given Drew Brees and the money you would have given Michael Thomas, and that allows you to be a player in the free agency for next year to pick out somebody. Do you pull the trigger? Man, well, who's going to be available next year in the free agency market? And you could trade if I mean, you can do all kinds of stuff. I know, but you, like, all I'm thinking if you get a number one and a defensive star, you still got Alvin Kamara, you still got, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, yeah. you've got all these other weapons. So look who's look who's up there right now is the number one draft pick is uh, Trevor Lawrence, right? Yeah. Already said he won't play for the Jets. So, um, that to me that's your only move if you're going to do that there because once he retires, I I would want somebody like that to take over that football team. Yeah, it'd be easy walk in for him. Yeah, easy fit. All right, so that's probably around. not going to happen. Michael Thomas, last game in a Saints uniform, or ever, does he ever play again in a Saints uniform? Yes or no? I'm going to say no. I might be completely incorrect, but I'm going to say no. It's 50 50 ball at this point, right? It is. Yeah. Rams, Dolphins. Buddy, you called it Tua, going to Tua. Um, this game interests me. Yep. It does. How Rams many sets does Aaron Donald have? Remember when I told you, it's like, yeah, I told you that like, he never sacked Nick Foles. It looked like he's like, I will sack him many times. <laughs> Got him. How terrible was that? I sent you that story. Uh, we'll talk about it. This guy uh, has a DraftKings bet going, and he needed he got a sack at the you know towards the end of the game, and it who notified him. Who got the sack? It was like one of the. I think it was a. It was a Bears, Bears defense, right? Yeah. Bears, Bears defense got the sack in the game on a, on Jared Goff. Yeah, and they recorded it as a sack, and they notified him that he had won a million dollars. Yeah, 
He has the screenshot, texts it to his family, was all excited, takes his dog for a walk just to kind of like, you know, just kind of get himself together, comes back, logs in again just to see it, just to like, because I mean, we won a million dollars. Like, that's yeah, I want to see it a few times. <laughs> and it says they took the sack away. Some guy decided that Jared Goff became a runner and not, not a passer. So therefore, wow. it wasn't a sack, it was a tackle for loss. That's crap. That's crap. It's still, if you're behind the line. So then he becomes, I forget how many, one of 20. And instead of winning a million dollars. He was in six. He was tied. Yeah, he was tied in sixth place. I remember reading that. He won 3,600 bucks. That's ridiculous. From a million dollars. I've always thought that a sack, it doesn't matter. That quarterback is running or scrambling, whatever. If he's behind that line of scrimmage, it's a freaking sack. I, I've watched the NFL for 35 years, and I never knew that the sack was uh, up for debate by some guy who was watching. That's crazy. It's some freaking nerd is what it is sitting there with their analytics. It's some freaking nerd. Like hey, listen, I love nerds. Don't get me wrong. But let me tell you something. You are ruining my sports. Yep. No <laughs> place for it. Listen. Right now, analytics is under a lot of investigation right now. Well, investigation. Listen to me all 2020 here. It's under a lot of scrutiny. The CBI? Yeah. <laughs> it's under a lot of it's under a lot is of scrutiny. Is there really a CBI? California Bureau of Investigation. Well, I don't yeah. know. I meant, I meant Canadian Bureau of Investigation. Well, no, that's called that. Uh, we're 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 different there. C- is that called the is that called the Mountings? No, the Mounties is the RCMP. Yeah. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police. We always get our men. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then there's CSIS, Canadian. Oh my gosh. No, I'm not going to go down there. I'll just call it CSIS right now. I know that that's our, that's our, like our CIA. You know what I mean? Not even CIA. Like our F. No. Nah. So RCMP is like our oh. FBI, and CSIS is like our CIA. This is, sounds like a CD strip club that you find in the backwoods of Mississippi. <laughs> it sounds like one of those real classy places and has like a porch and like fluorescent lighting inside. <laughs> All right. So analytics, going back to my point. Blake Snell. Blake Snell's pitch in that game, right? Yeah. yeah, World Series game six. World Series game six. Doing a great job. You gets a there was a base hit that happened in the eighth inning, and the manager decides to make the call. It's like I don't want Mookie Mookie Betts is coming at the bat. I don't want Mookie Betts. Was it the eighth or was it the sixth? I thought it was the eighth, my friend. I thought it was later in the ball game. Might have been, and I know that it was because they didn't want Mookie Betts to see him for a third time. Third time, okay. So I'm there going, okay. Um, the manager decides to make that call. This guy's giving you no grief. You have a base runner on there. You put your reliever in, and Mookie don't care. Mookie hits that ball. Ends up winning the World Series. So, Justin Turner's a jerk, but we'll talk about that afterwards. But uh, they they win, and it's all because some guy in a computer is there going, hey, boss, yeah, you want to make this change now. Yeah, from the manager's perspective, you have to think there's a lot of things, right? I don't know, you know, there's a trust in your player. It's rare that you see uh, an outburst from a pitcher like we saw from Snell, which I thought was more than justified. I think yeah. one of the ones that feel like 
he shouldn't have pulled him. No. He had his stuff working. That boy was that boy was on, right? Snell had his stuff moving. Yeah, he just gave up a hit. So what? That's how it goes. It was That's like, how it goes. That's he gave exactly up two hits. It. He wasn't getting cut. Like it wasn't like they had him timed out. No. And the manager made a decision in a championship game that cost them their shot, at least at a game seven, because I don't that it all changed the momentum. You can see them deflate as soon as that happened. Yeah. Because yeah. the manager's sitting there thinking with his head through this analytics and he should have thought with his heart it's like i'm i'm gonna trust this guy i want to let him go greatest coaches in the world right now and for in the in the history right Mm. have been what brilliant in-game decisions dude exactly it's game adjustments right it's not going for fourth down because the sheet tells you to go for fourth down no it's a feeling you get it's the same thing that burned uh, Romeo Cornell, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go, but but probably in the right way is you know going for two mm-hmm. to go up eight, you know, or when you're up seven instead of going up eight, you go for nine, yeah, right? Because he knew his defense wasn't going to hold it and then <laughs> cost him the game. But yeah. but you live with that decision because that's the right decision. That was the right. Yes, decision. absolutely. I I understand that. Right decision. And- wasn't driven by a sheet it wasn't right. driven by some guy like ba- this baseball is just a sport right and sports are not driven by numbers there's no game that's exactly the same as the next game yeah. or the previous game or even the previous set of series there's not those things and so you know in a vacuum you can't make that line it's, it's silly well the thing is where we're driven by spreadsheets and we're driven by analytics yeah. right like that's what my job that's entails it. Listen, yeah. I can tell you this right now. You can give me whatever data you want. I'll make it say what you want to say. Yeah. No, you're absolutely correct. And that's the thing is that analytics is probably going to make you mathematically more correct more times than not. Okay. It's, sure. it's the way it is. Sure. But it's situations like that where you can see clearly he's not struggling. Yep. Just because your computer is saying something. Yep. Now, nah, I'm going to go with my gut in this one, you know? Well, and, you, and that's the thing, right? You should be brave enough to go with your gut. That's the move. Mm-hmm. Would you rather that you that you win, you know, seventy percent of your games, but you lose the championship? Yeah, yeah. Stupid. Absolutely. Wow, Brad, I love it. Yeah, Justin Turner, what a jerk. Yeah. What a jerk. I, I mean, he tested Turner. positive. What? Go ahead. Selfish. Selfish, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you tested positive for coronavirus. So you're sitting out of the game. And then you come out to celebrate, you have a mask on. Uh, first off, maybe you shouldn't even have come out to celebrate. I understand you haven't won a World Series since 1987. You've been on that team for a while. Read, but then yeah, to throw it. your mask away afterwards, though? It's like, what yeah, are you doing? That said he had been in that dugout. That I mean, he had been there like 30 minutes earlier. He was in the dugout with those guys, right? So, like, exposure is exposure. I, 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 yeah, but you know what? A picture pays a thousand words. Yeah, I 100% agree. Listen, clearly, he should have kept his mask on. I had zero problem with him walking out there with a mask on to celebrate with his teammates. Do I feel like it's like it's a ter- it's a poor choice? Sure, right? Given who we like, the national pandemic, the world pandemic, like just the optics of it is rough. Mm-hmm. But you just did something you've wanted to do since you were a child, right? You won a World Series. And he's not a young man. He's like, what, 38? He's up there. 38, something like that. Something like that. 
So you should be afforded the ability to celebrate what happened. Keep mm-hmm. your mask on because mm-hmm. like the thing that burned me the most was watching him sit next to Davey Roberts, uh, you know, leukemia survivor, compromised immune system, neither had masks on, you know, just shoulder to shoulder. I thought, man, if Davey Roberts gets sick and dies, like there'll never be a part of me that doesn't blame Evan Turner. Yeah. Yeah. Because of, uh, it was just so selfish. It's a thing for all that I get. You're not worried about being sick and that you're going to survive it. Cool. I'm not either. You know what I am worried about is surviving it. And someone I love doesn't survive it. Cause I gave it to him. Cause I was a selfish asshole. Like that's exactly. the goddamn people. Sorry. No, no. I mean, I, and that's the thing is like, you know, nobody say, and, and not only that, but now you've been, you've been isolating and everything like that to, to play in that bubble during the championships. Now, all of a sudden, all these guys got to go quarantine because you decided I wanted to go party with you. Well, yeah. And let's talk about the hypocrisy of major league baseball. Right. Mm, mm. They got all these strict protocols in place, but because the season was over, they didn't stop him or remove him from the field. If that's a game six, if there's a walk-off, let's just say like that it's uh, the shoes on their foot, it's Tampa Bay, and there's a walk-off hit, and they had a player removed from the game, and he was in isolation, and that guy ran on the field to celebrate with his teammates that there was going to be a game seven, they would have physically removed him from the game. You know why? Because that would have compromised game seven. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you know what? You're absolutely right to bring up that hypocrisy because it's it's over. Yeah. Uh, we don't yeah. really care about health. We don't care about player health. But, right. I, yeah, I mean, so it's uh, funny, right? Because, like, baseball. Maybe they do, right? It's hard to say in a vacuum, but, like, the optics of it are not good. No. Like, like, like baseball, baseball, similar to football, there's a lot of travel involved. There's a lot of this. I think they were smart to go to a bubble in order to do the postseason. Um, I think football is right now showing – that you can work in this environment. There's a lot of games and a lot of miss like moving parts, but the very fact that these guys can still go out to eat when they're going to different cities, it blows my mind. It's like, listen, I understand. Like I understand you're human beings. You need to go out. You need to do things. But at the same hand, as a military member, when we're getting ready to do stuff, especially in this environment, you, you have to quarantine, you have to get ready. And then you're, you're, you're in that area there. So, I mean, yeah, it sucks. The 17 weeks that basically you really shouldn't be, unless you're in your own practice facility, you shouldn't be going anywhere. Yeah. Well, and that, the thing that I've said consistently through this whole thing is this, and it, I think it just, it fits everything. You know, you uh, being a military member, me being a civilian, mm. them being professional athletes, all those things, we're all, but at the end of the day, right, all of those roles we play are because somebody gives us money. Yep. Mm-hmm. So to get the money, you have to do the thing. Yep. And that thing is protecting the interest of the organization. Absolutely. Which is games. It's being able to deploy and go on missions and protect the freedom of the world. It's all it's, the same. So you know I mean? paying you to do this. Yes. And you got to do it. The mission. Exactly. So you need right? to be able to do it. Yes. And, and exactly. But not listen, compromise. If, anything. If, if, it, if it affects your personal freedom, right. Cool. Don't take the money. 
but that's it. It's very you can remain free yeah, and do the, that. Absolutely. Personal freedom. It's not. It's do you want the money? Oh, you do? These are the rules. That's it. That's it. And 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 it works. It works in every aspect of yeah, it works of, at every level. If you don't a, want absolutely. It, you don't have to do it. Yeah. If you want the money, you have to do it. That's the thing, right? Everyone's like, well, like they're saying I have to do it. No, no, they're saying if you want the thing from them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Understand that exactly. If if you yeah. want to get paid, this is what you got to do. You know, yeah. and it's and you know basic. what? It's very basic. There, yeah. There's no no one's impacting your freedom, right? No, they're in, they're impacting your ability to get a paycheck, but it's their money. You can always look to another area to get money. You could yeah, always say, "No, nah, I don't want to do this." Like we have this. There's a big conversation, you know, down here uh, about capitalism, right? And businesses are requiring people to wear masks to come inside, and it is upset a lot of people. Well, we're doing that here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. But they're like, I have a freedom. I have, I should have the ability to decide whether or not I get to go into your store with or without a mask. I say it's similar to no shoes, no shirt, no service. That's it. That's it. I want to go to McDonald's, but I can't because I'm not wearing a shirt. Mm-hmm. I can either put a shirt on and go to McDonald's or I can go to a restaurant that allows me to go in there without a shirt on. Yeah, that's exactly it. There's a transact. Anytime there's a transaction, right? Anytime there's a goods and services transaction. You can't dictate the terms of that service. It's That's right. Agreed I upon totally agree with you because it's like, it's like, listen, that is probably the greatest representation of freedom that there is. It's like, okay, they're telling me to wear a mask. For me to go in there, I need to wear a mask. I don't want to wear a mask. Well, they have the right not to let you in. Yeah. That's as simple as that. That's Nobody's that infringing on your freedom. This, no, the thought behind that is this, right? Is that they would rather not have your money then be exposed to whatever may be in your mouth. Legit. And you don't know what these guys, if they have elderly people living with them, anything like that. So it's just like, come on, man. Like that's just the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how we got on this topic, but it is a good topic. It is a good topic. I think it's because it's, it's what happened to sports. about Evan Turner and that just the jerkiness of that. And he doesn't have a soul anyway. (laughs) Wait, is he part ginger? Part ginger? Have you not seen that guy? <laughs> Part ginger. <laughs> He's dressed in like a fire truck all year long. Man. So yeah, um, that was my rant about the World Series. Uh, probably went on a little longer than what I wanted to, but it really turned into just... a world pandemic rant of personal. yeah, yeah. You know, I want to get on to these. Less silly. That's maybe I mean that's what we need from the world, right? Is like if we just be a little more, a little less silly, a little more grace, a little more understanding. But at the end absolutely, of the day, like, you know, like we we fuck. need to be more understanding. If we're more understanding, if we're more understanding about somebody else's situation. It's just like you, you, you don't know what they're going through. So maybe just take yourself out of this because everybody is going through what we're, we're we're all going through it. We're all going through it. Somebody might be dealing with it a little bit more yeah. harder than well, what you we're are. All, we're all struggling in some world in some way. That's it. The thing I continually stood out is we'll save it for a different time. I can't. Just, <laughs> there's nothing to do with sports. Go ahead. I, I'm good. I'll be fine. All right. All right. Like, like for me, it's it's all about how do I want to be treated and if I want to be treated that way, that's how I want to treat other people, you know, because 
That's oh, the golden kindness rule. Kindness matters, right? Kindness matters. You never know like what your smile does for somebody or the nice thing that you say to somebody or how like you don't take things personally, you know, and whatever you just don't, you don't, you never know. Like we, we yeah. just experience people in a vacuum, right? That's it. Um, I was talking about that was somebody I had a conversation about yesterday with somebody is that we, you know, that person, um, unfortunately, uh, had to put their pet down this week. And she was telling me oh. like, it was difficult that, it happened on her lunch break and she had to go back to work and that, but she just was able to deal with it. But like this, you know, and then go home and handle her emotions. That's just how she operates. Right. And um, you know, we just talk about that is like illuminated again for me. Like you just don't know interaction, interaction, what someone else has just walked away from or what they're processing or what they're thinking about or, you know, all those things. Yeah. And so approaching the world with kindness is that way. And, you know, what you get out, you get back in. And, you know, I think, um, at least in my house, that's how we try to approach everything. We try to like not overreact. Um, I mean, so we aren't great all the time. Right. Obviously, but you know, we try to be kind to people. We try to, uh, go out of our way to thank people for things, you know, show gratitude and those. And we try to emulate that with our kids and, you know, and we consistently get that back. And we, and we also hear from people, um, you know, later down the road, like how those things impact them. And so that, which makes us feel good. So there's like a trade there for us. Um, yeah, I think that's so just, true. And, and, you know, you and, and Joanna uh, live that way also. Right. That's just the thing is, you know, we're all trying to be better uh, for the greater good. And that's, that's where this divisive uh, pandemic kind of has brought out is, you know, there's community, folks that just want to be, um, you know, are, are okay with maybe it not being ideal for uh, a period of time, as long as it's a benefit to other people. And then there's some people that, um, you know, maybe their heart of hearts don't uh, really live that way. They might say that they do and they even feel like they do, but at the heart of it, um, it's not like I, what I was going to say earlier that just gets me on a rant is the, um, is just this, uh, I read a study, I've read a couple of studies now that have said, you know, in the summer as the, you know, the cases started to drop and those things were there, that if, uh, you know, at least in America, if we could have committed to three weeks um, of all wearing masks and all social distancing and not going out and not having, you know, gatherings and, and doing those things that people, you know, insisted on doing that we could have uh, really eradicated this and not had this wave that's coming. Um, it, you know, and maybe the good news is it feels like the wave is coming and the deaths are down, but that's still an unknown. Yeah. Because yeah. That's going to be, but I just tell you, as I watch this world, you know, as we go in the dark and we see like the people saying it's going to get bad again and all those things, like I think about those three weeks and I think about if, you know, if we see something similar to what the Spanish flu was, well, like this, you know, the back end of that uh, pandemic was tragic for loss of life. If we see yeah. that it's going to stick with me about the people that, um, you know, decided that they needed instant gratification as opposed to putting it out. And I'm an instant gratification guy, right? Like yeah. I, you yeah. know, I won't even buy things if it's not going to ship overnight because I got to have it. Now I bought it, but um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm the same way, but at the same hand though, it's like just trying to live something that it's like, you know, understanding how other people are living through this right now. Yeah. And it's like, I just want to be able to, 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 to bring some joy into people's lives. You know what I mean? As opposed to just, you know, Hey, uh, 
yeah, this is happening. Do you know this is happening? You know what I mean? Like, like it's like, yeah. you know this is happening? Uh, we should all be talking about this. Yeah, that's the thing, right? I think uh, we both feel like we're called to be salt and light to the world, you know? Yeah. Light in dark places and salt for bland things and, you know, understanding what that means. Um, you know, just if I can encourage anyone, just, you know, be a better version of yourself. That's it. That's it. That way every day, right? But just every day, try to be a little bit better. Just be consistent. And if we could just be consistent as people, you know, what a difference, right? Like, it's so crazy to me just how much um, just paying attention to walking around and watching, like, people not interact with other people. Like, just, you know, not being willing to smile at someone or to thank them for, you know, something uh, for the the effort, right? I think, like... One of the things I've noticed become more predominant and, you know, as I'm out with other people, um, you know, uh, is them not willing to show gratitude for people that are providing a service if it wasn't up to your expectation. You know what I mean? And like I started telling people, uh, you know, when I would go to the grocery store, when things were, you know, pretty locked in, I would just thank them for being there. And I, I still do that. I think, you know, the restaurants that I pick up takeout from, hey, man, thanks for being here. Like, I, I appreciate it. You know I, I mean? totally agree it's with you because little things because I know what it's like to work in those worlds and not feel appreciated mm-hmm. uh, and to feel like, you know, you're always on the end and they're always getting the brunt of somebody else's bad day, you know, or yeah. I can't believe you're making put a mask on or I can't, but you know, all these stupid ass things and like, yeah. who cares? Like, who are you just nah, anyway? No. Hey, listen, I totally agree with everything you're saying. I, th- I I think I think every grocery worker or cashier or or everybody is just like thank you so much because I know I'm wearing my mask. Yeah. I know I feel comfortable to be like you know hey thanks for being here. Like yeah. I, know this, I I realize that you need the money probably right, but like yeah. still well, who cares? You need the money. Yeah. Everybody needs the money, right? But the thing is yeah. that you're there and you're doing it. I'm there. I put on my mask. I complain. I'm putting on my mask, but I put it on. I go in. I go start shopping. Mask is like you know cumbersome and restrictive and everything jeans yeah absolutely and here's these guys working all day an eight-hour shift with these masks on you know what i mean so i always thank them so that we can have food exactly i always thank them because it's like man thank you thank you for being there thank you for doing this like uh, i appreciate you and and then you know what if everybody has that little bit of grace as opposed to just saying i really don't want to wear this mask but instead of think about that person that's working there for eight hours wearing that mask all day. Yeah. Well, like the thing is like it's tone deaf, right? Like mm. uh I was in the store on Tuesday and the lady in front of me, you know, the, the cashier was like, Hey, you know, how you doing? Just normal, like just you should just lie to that person if you're having a bad day and say you're doing yeah. well. Yeah. Like, oh, I can't believe I have to wear this mask to shop. I'm like, man, this lady is like standing here like all day long on her feet with this mask on and you have to be here for 20 minutes and you're going to complain to her. Do you ever sit there and do that too? You do that mental math. It's like, what are you saying right now? Yeah. You, you don't know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. I love people watching. Yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> all right. I wanted to get to these fights here. Yeah, let's get it. All right. Uriah Hall, Anderson Silva. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I think, well, Uriah Hall, remember when he came in, when he broke in, he was like the next big thing? Yeah. Look at the betting line on that fight. Mm. <clears throat> a bit of a stretch. But 
you know. What do they have it at? Uh, let me pull it up. It was like plus 300, minus 340 or something. Like that. What? That's a huge. That's huge. Yeah. And I feel like Anderson was the, uh, yeah, oh, it's changed now. But still, it's uh, minus 240 for Hall and it's plus 200 for Anderson. I think I think Silva's got a fighting chance in this one. I don't think he's just going to mail it I, into yeah, you. Yeah, I Hall. wish that was somewhere. Listen, um, not to be too political, but I hope that they, whoever the governor of Washington is after Tuesday turns on the gambling in this state so I could make some money. I want to boost the economy. <laughs> Vote for that guy. Let's go. I can't, it, like, so frustrating. I don't know. I don't know what you guys, yeah, I know you guys can gamble. We gamble up here. Yeah. Yeah. But like, we're Canada. All the apps, you know, like, oh, DraftKings, you know, you get free <laughs> with your first. And I'm like, I try to like log in, you know, and it yeah. won't let me do it because it geocaches me from a state that doesn't allow it. I'm like, uh, you gotta, you gotta get, you gotta get a VPN that jumps you somewhere else. Now you're thinking. Now. <laughs> Anyways, oh, Anderson Silva. I'd put some money on this. I'd put some money on the Silva fight. I think. Um, I think Silva got a chance. Yeah, I, th- I think that he's proud enough that we're gonna see a really good version of Anderson. Well, he's Silva. calling. He's calling this his last fight in the UFC. Yeah, he's saying gonna, this is last fight in the UFC. So we're not going to see the filling out process for two rounds like we've seen some championship fights. I think we're going to see a motivated Anderson Silva. Um, I, I think there's an outside chance that he doesn't win. There's probably not an outside chance. I'd bet, though. I'd bet it. I think of all the fights on this card, I think it's the one that I would bet the That's most. That's the one I would best. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, like, it, so here's the thing it's like for you young kids out there that are listening and everything is that Silva. At one point in time, was the man. Anderson Silva was the man. I mean, he, he ended Forrest Griffin's career. Yeah. He, he did listen, things. He beat Forrest Griffin so bad that Forrest Griffin left the ring. Yes. Yes. Like, just uh, walked out. Not, not waited for the decision. Not none. Like his final bell got up and left. I, I, you know, ever since he came back from the broken leg, I think he's two and five, his whole yeah. overall wow. record. It's it's a losing record, right? But he's a great, and you have to understand if this is his last fight. Thirty-two and five before he broke his leg. Yeah, so you have to understand this is this is an unbelievable talent that we're probably saying goodbye to in the UFC. But uh, this guy, no matter what happens. He's going to be a professional. He's going to show up. He's going to fight that fight. And I'm right. I'm right with you, Brad. If I was going to put money, I would put money on Anderson Silva because this is his last fight. So he's just proud. He's, we just know him to be that way, right? Like, that's just the thing. Now, the other fight that's got my attention here is this Maurice Green, yeah. Greg Hardy fight. That yeah. one got my attention. I'm looking yeah. at that. I'm like, oh, the big boys. Big bad Mo Green, boy. That's the thing. He, uh, he can hit, man. He'll swing it. And, you know, yes. Greg Hardy not traditionally trained, right? Former NFL uh, domestic abuser, Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy. Um, allegedly, I guess, but <laughs> allegedly a football player, for sure, a domestic abuser. <laughs> oh, keep going. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, I think Mo Green comes out, uh, gives it to Greg Hardy. Um, but, I man, I just – I love the card because it's – Mostly big fellas. Yes. Yeah. You know? uh, well, the coal means a featherweight, but. Well, there's one, right? But it's mostly <laughs> middleweights and higher are playing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, that's the part that I love. That's the big move. So. 
And I, uh, the only name I know in the prelims is just uh, Dustin Jacoby against uh, Justin Leddit. That's the only ones I really know. I'm looking around. I really don't know anybody else in this, but I'm still going to watch the prelims because they're fun. Well, I think that the best prelims are the ones we don't know anybody on. It's true. It's we're gonna true. See, we're going to see someone come out swinging. I think uh, if I have to predict anything, I think it's this Cole Williams-Jason Witt fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know much about either of those, to be honest with you. It, just, it feels like that seems to be the draw for my gut tells me that's the fight. Uh, you know, the Strickland Martian fight, uh, also, uh, at middleweight is probably a good fight, but, um, you know, I think Williams wit, let's watch that. I think let's put that on this. That, that, that's the fight of the prelims. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's going to be interesting for sure. I can't, I can't believe that we're, we're already, um, like going through this pandemic, how many free fights is still going. It's. <laughs> I'm so happy, no, Uncle Dana. Dana White, thank you. You you saved us. Uncle Dana's done some great things. Like seriously, he's really put it together. He's Man. put it together. Okay, uh, that's All where right. we are. Halloween episode 14 in the books. Everybody, thanks for your support. We really appreciate you guys. Uh, we'll be live uh, on YouTube Monday night. The November 2nd. So check us out there. Uh, download us everywhere you can get your podcast. Again, appreciate your support. Uh, shout out to our friends in uh, back that send Sean cool stuff. That's awesome. We appreciate you guys for that. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Hey, yeah. do you have a one on one question for me? Uh, yeah, I do actually. All uh, right. What is your favorite Halloween costume that you've ever worn? Oh, gosh. Really? You know, you know, I'm 48, right? Yeah. Like I haven't worn costumes in forever. That but doesn't mean that you don't have a favorite because I know you do because I can see it. You don't want to say it. <laughs> yeah, because I'm 48. <laughs> Listen, you can you can lie to me and say like it was when I was 12, I dressed up like Hulk Hogan. No, it wasn't that. Because uh... you guys had the same haircut. No. Oh, no, I got hair, man. What are you talking about? I got hair. <laughs> I think it was when I dressed up. This is really sad. Oh, my gosh. I was 20, <laughs> 21, and I dressed up as a crow. Uh, yeah. As a crow? or no, the-, the crow. The crow. Yeah. 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 That is sad. Was it like a, you just put a trench coat on? It looks sad. <laughs> The makeup on too, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. You just put a trench coat on it. <laughs> I didn't. That's what I would have done. Hope <sighs> you was the crow. All right. So my oh gosh, because I saw what you were wearing. Yeah. Your Rough Riders jersey. My favorite uh, Halloween costume of uh, all time is being a CFL, uh, CFL fan. <laughs> All right. My question to you, Mr. Sports fan. Do you know what a rouge is in the CFL? Every roster. (laughs) 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 Oh, my gosh. Okay. (laughs) So, 
a rouge. Is it, fake, is it the fake third down? Like what is no, it? no, no. So a rouge is a single point scored when the ball is kicked in the end zone and the receiving team attempts to get the ball out of the end zone, but the returner is tackled before the uh, reaching the goal line. Oh. So it's like it's hard to do. <clears throat> so what happens is it's like, uh, let's say you're going for a field goal. Yeah. And you miss it. That ball is still alive. So somebody in the end zone has got to pick it up and kick it out of the end zone. (laughs) It has to go beyond beyond a certain amount. If it doesn't go go beyond 20 yards. What? If it doesn't go beyond 20 yards, the other team could pick it up and kick it back into the end zone. And when they kick it back, if you get it and you try to rush it out, if you can get it out of the goal line, okay, or you're trying to kick it out, you're trying to kick it out and you get sacked kicking it out, it's a one-point conversion. But let's say you're there and you can't even kick it. You can't do anything and you get tackled and you fumble it and the other team picks it up, it's a touchdown. What in the rugby of fools? <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> Listen, we just need to have a segment called Sean Explains CFL Rules to <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't get it. If, listen. Here's what here's what I think happened. I think that some good old boys, right, had some of the bats on the porch. <laughs> And they were watching rugby and they went home and like, I know the CFL is allegedly older, but I, whatever, like <laughs> just dreamt this thing up and it's become the game because it feels like every time we talk, there's like, you know, like an Uno, you have like that blank card. You can write some dumbass rule on it. Yeah. Like I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that you always have these Uno cards that you're flipping out. And you're like, no, no, this is a rule of the CFL. <laughs> All right. So here's what's going to happen. Okay. Uh, both cheerleaders are going to do a pyramid and the first one that get knocked over gets half a point. But if they both fall at the same time, we both get a point. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to look up some stuff about, um, it feels I'm, like no, I'm gonna look up. the touchdown is wearing black shoes. That's yeah. worth points. If he's wearing like, white shoes, it's seven. I'm going to show you some examples of rouges and everything because it's just it's the most craziest thing. I remember the first time sitting there going, "What? What are they doing? What are they? What's going on?" You're sporty. You didn't even know what was going on. That's terrible. Oh, stop it! <laughs> stop it! <laughs> oh man! All right, hey. Thank you guys so much for the support. Keep following us. Apple Podcast. It's been awesome. Yeah, Brad knows been, what a rouge is. It's been the best thing to come out of the pandemic is this conversation. <laughs> Brad knows what a rouge is. It's awesome. I, I know what a CFL rouge is now. I knew what a rouge was. <laughs> You're making up words. It's like talking to my kindergartner. All right. Peace. <laughs> Peace, everybody. Peace You've listened to the podcast, but now it's time to visit us in our virtual sports bar. Get all of our info at guysbeersports.com, where you can find all the ways to connect with us. 
Watch for live conversations with Brad and Sean that happen throughout the week. And join in with your favorite local beer. You can share your thoughts in the conversation comments with your own uploaded videos, or even join us as a guest live commentator. The GBS Virtual Sports Bar is open for business. Come on in, boys and girls.